This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Talk back again with you guys for another show for another episode of our Raw Reactions preview series where we look ahead to the next Arsenal game. Yes, believe it or not, there is actually football to be played. I know that it feels like this week there has been anything but what the happenings on the pitch are, um, but Arsenal do play tomorrow after, of course, a very important event that's going on at six o'clock, which we're going to talk about as well. But I'm very happy to be joined uh, this afternoon by two fantastic expert members. First of all, it's been a little bit of a while, but it's good to have back it's jared how you doing mate are you well yeah doing good it has been a little while uh been pretty busy i was wondering how you were holding up this week i assumed uh as the life of a football writer uh any yeah. plans you had of free time and enjoying yourself this week went out the window pretty quickly on sunday yeah and, and thursday's a day where i'm shift on my own and, and honestly the amount of work that's come through down through the whatsapp groups of, of stuff we've got to write up has been crazy so yeah it's been heavy this this week it's been just arguably the most stressful week of the job so far but yeah it's been very very crazy um i mean especially considering like you write an article and it takes obviously time to get the piece out and then because things were so developing so quickly by the time you finished one the next one needs to be done because it's out of date that's really how it was i jumped on monday night with the guys mike and the guys from not another arsenal podcast we did a yeah. two-hour podcast and then the next day you're like ah, never mind yeah, I did one on Tuesday at five o'clock with Mike talking about like, the stuff about this. And literally that evening, it then just kicked off. And, and it's a shame because that was a great podcast. That was such a good yeah. conversation. I really enjoyed it. It was kind of a shame that it went away so quickly before a lot of people. Yeah, a lot of people watch still back. watch. So thankfully they, they saw that and those words. And, and I think it still will ring true because, I mean, as as Perez says, it's not dead, guys. The, the Super League is still going to happen. We're going to have to wait and see. Um, we're also joined uh, by Pablo. How are you doing, mate? Are you well? Yeah, I'm doing well, Tom. Uh, thanks for asking. I can't get – I'm just – can't get on with this whole week is just i mean it's driving me mad and i don't even work around football god knows what you're yeah. going through it's absolutely yes, uh... insane and after you kind of a little bit relieved to think oh yes we won it's not going to go ahead perez comes back with oh well everyone sign a contract let's see where this goes so it's not it's definitely not finished 
Yeah, I mean, obviously we're here to talk about Everton and we are going to spend the bulk of the show doing that. But I think it would be unfair if I didn't get your kind of guys' immediate thoughts to this. Uh, Jared, starting with you, it's obviously in the space of this week, it's gone from this never being a thing to it being a thing and then not being a thing very, very quickly. How have you kind of absorbed all the information? How have you come out of it feeling about Arsenal? Um, At the end of the day, I'm exceptionally happy that it's not moving forward. I I love the Premier League. You know, it was one of those things that I said at the time, if it is happening, I I understand why Arsenal ownership wants to be in it. You know, if if you want to maintain your status as one of the wealthiest clubs in world football, you're, um, you're eliminated from that if you were to say no to the Super League. That said, if we had reluctantly entered for that reason, I'd be more apt for forgiveness than if you know, our ownership was one of the main cogs and and helping move yeah. this thing forward. And it, it's really unfortunate. And I had said previously, I think it's bad in football that a lot of times people's morals and principles end where their bottom line begins. And as soon as you get money involved and people who are concerned about the money more so than the football, you know, things like this are going to come up. And, you know, we, we laugh and shake our heads when Perez says, you know, it's not gone, but he's not lying. It will be back again. It's just a matter of, you know, how long beforehand. Yeah, it it does have that kind of feeling of inevitability, I suppose, in this format, a different format. I mean, the Champions League reform in itself takes a lot of similarities and we're seeing even rumours about the hypocrisy of the Premier League wanting to include Rangers and Celtic, which could really ruin Scottish football. So, yeah, we'll we'll see how it goes. But fingers crossed it stays as is for as long as possible. Um, Pablo, it's great to have you on the show as well because I know that you're going tomorrow um, to the protests before the game. I was saying off air that I'm, I've, I've been very outspoken about protests in the past and like my kind of opposition to them because my view was all that it did really was kind of highlight the negative angle of a fan base to the point where I felt that the fans didn't really have too much power. And I genuinely, I tweeted out on Tuesday, I think it was Tuesday evening, basically saying, I hold my hands up. I was so wrong about fan power, the power that we have to change things because we clearly do. And so that's why this Friday's protest is so important. Still, even though this is done, the point is is that it's not done for Arsenal fans because the, the person behind this from an Arsenal perspective is still very much in control of the club. And we saw comments from Mikel Arteta today who I thought it was a mixed conference. Uh, I think I had certain things that I, I was a little bit concerned about, things that he said, things that I was very happy about what he said. Um, but it was very clear that he hadn't really communicated with the club. He hadn't even apologised to the players. He asked basically Arteta to pass on an apology to the players. So talk to me about your feelings about it all and, of course, your involvement with the the protest tomorrow. I mean, yeah, as you say, I'm definitely going up. Pretty much same as you. Whenever there has been a protest, I kind of look at it from afar and think, oh, yeah, I understand both points of view sort of thing. But I think it has got to the point now um, but we've got to do something. I mean, this owner is so far away from being, I don't know, there's knowledge towards football, towards Arsenal, towards our, towards our history and everything. It's non-existent. He literally, when people say, like, oh, I have an owner that doesn't care, he actually doesn't care. And the fact that, like, I'll be honest with you, I feel sorry for um, Arteta and anybody, actually from the Cronkies down, I kind of feel sorry for everyone because he's the one that was sort of leading this whole Super League thing. And when it came down to the crunch and everything fell apart, everybody else is having to pick up his pieces and kind of like apologise on his behalf. Yeah. 
Um, yeah. And I mean, I've got loads of friends. You know, my brother's a Tottenham fan. I've got friends all over the place, and they all kind of agree as well that that's kind of tarnished our name as well. Even though it's not the players' fault, it's not Arteta's mm. fault. Everybody else fault. is looking. It's not our yeah. fault as fans, but everybody's looking at us as if like we was kind of all involved in this, and it's yeah. it's ludicrous. I'm actually literally i've never been so angry at something and like outside of personal life before because this is it's just crazy and something has yeah. to be done yeah it does i mean my other half's um mum my soon-to-be mother-in-law is gonna is a west ham fan and uh like she was asking me about how i felt about it as kind of a fan from the big six and there wasn't any animosity in that sense from from a fan of a club outside of that who has performed really well and deserves European football next season based upon their performances this year um, and that obviously under the, the proposed format wouldn't have been the case um, and I, I just remember thinking like at the end of the day it's not down to me to really have a view necessarily in the sense that saying look I, you know that this is the wrong thing I know this is the wrong thing and so do all of the fans or I'd say 99.9999% of the fans of all the other big six clubs, as they're described, all know that it's wrong. Hence that we saw the biggest unity of fans in my lifetime that I can remember. I can't remember a greater unity of supporters than we have seen over the last week come together over something so poignant and so threatening to what we know as, as the game of football so far. So it's, yeah, I think it's a real shame that we and the players and even Arteta to some have come out really poorly um, in the eyes of some, which is a shame because I think it's misplaced. But I'm fingers crossed the actions of the fans over the next week, month, years to come when we can get back into stadiums will prove that we are very much not aligned with their kind of school of thought. Let's get on to the game then because... Whilst there is a game, it always seems, and it felt like it when Liverpool played Leeds, and it felt more like it as well when Brighton played Chelsea, and even with Manchester City's game against Aston Villa, that there's this uh, kind of weird feeling around the clubs outside of the big six to, to prove a point against those big six sides. Do you think Jared Everton do have extra motivation that could help them in that sense going into the fixture? Maybe so. And I think, if anything, they should be upset that a team like Spurs was getting consideration over them. When you look at historic successes, I think that there's a yeah. much better case for Everton to get in than there is over over the Spurs. But going into this game, I think their motivation is already going to be at a peak. I mean, they're still battling for potentially getting the European position in league. So it's a very big game for them. I think in that regard, you know, maybe even more so than us, because it's, it's my opinion that the league season just the way the numbers fall is, is pretty well over for us. And while you want to keep winning to get keep good form and set yourself up for success in Europa League, I don't think the individual Premier League matches really have any impact on us because I, I looked at us as giving away our chance at top four prior to the Fulham result. Do you think that do you think that this is going to be a bit of a barometer, Jared, for kind of the both managers as well? Because they they joined their respective clubs at pretty much the same time. They've had very Weird seasons, because if we'd have beaten Fulham, we would have been able to go above Everton today. I know this season's been a lot of if, buts and maybes, but that is that was would have been the situation. So do you think that we'll come out of the game and it will be categorically clear to everyone who has been the better coach since they took over? Um, I think we'll say that if we win. Um, it, <laughs> it tells yeah. you what a strange season it's been, because you think of Everton as having a very good year, and they started out very well with Ancelotti in, with James Rodriguez, Decore, all the new additions. They were really playing good football early on, 
And we were at the complete opposite end of the spectrum. I mean, we basically lost our season during that first half. Mm-hmm. And it tells you how far back it, it and how much has changed since then. You know, they beat us 2-1. And I believe that was the game that we have a Pepe penalty off of a Maitland-Niles uh, play to set it up. So there's been a yeah. lot of changes between now and then. And since Christmas, I think our fates to some degree have turned. We've certainly been on the uptick. And they've, I wouldn't say been on a downside, but have leveled out a little bit and kind of you know, regress back to the mean probably is a good way to put it. Um, I think they were kind of overplaying their level early on in the year. But it, it is a big game. They've got a lot to play for still. You know, European football is still on the line. So, you know, they're going to come in ready to play and give us a battle. So I, I certainly hope that we're up for it. And this week hasn't, you know, kind of thrown everybody off their game. Yeah, I agree with you. I think it's – they have kind of – I think they have been performing to their maximum, that they, their, their possible potential. And, and that's to the credit, of course, to, to Angelotti and the recruitment team for getting in some really good players as well. But the law of averages is, is starting to see things turn and they've dropped points in big games uh, against like Fulham themselves. They lost to Fulham at home 2-0. Maggio, they signed in, in January, came in and scored two, two goals on his, I think, his second appearance. So it – they are open to dropping points and they've had issues with injuries so far this season as well. Don't, but the thing is, though, Pablo, is always the way when Arsenal go and play these teams that they get all of them back just as <laughs> Calvert-Lewin's going to be available. Mina's going to be there. Decore's going to be free. They're, they're going to have a, a strongish, uh, strong as pretty much possible uh, sort of Everton team. Do you fear this Everton team? Is there a lot to be concerned about, especially considering our problems ourselves? Uh, without their players coming back, I would have been scared of this game. We are so inconsistent. You just, I mean, I, I know we outplayed Fulham. Um, when we played Fulham, we were the better team, arguably. Um, but I don't know. I just, there's something in this team. We have so much potential, so much potential to do well. And then for some reason, it just, <laughs> it's just crazy. Sometimes you, the games that you think to yourself, oh, we're going to do this. This should be a nice, easy run. They blow it. And then when you kind of don't expect them to do that well, they sort of seem to pull it out of the bag. So it's really hard to predict, really, with um, <clears throat> with Ever- especially Everton as well, because now their players are back and we've lost pretty much all our strikers and Tini being out and so on. Oh, I can't see nothing but an Everton win, to be honest with you. I know, it's, I know yeah. it sounds horrible, but I can't. I'm interested to hear your score prediction at the end then when that comes round. <laughs> Be prepared for that one. Speaking of predictions, let's have a look at what we have predicted for our lineups. I believe, Jared, we're starting with you. We are. Do you want to talk us through the team that you've selected? Uh, sure. I took Leno in goal. You know, if he's healthy, I think he starts most of the games. We need to keep him in good form for the important games we have coming up uh, in Europe. As far as the back four, uh, Chambers, I think for now, has earned a spot out there. He you know, he hasn't really set a foot wrong. He's played very well in his appearances, so I'm good with him staying. And this is more the lineup that I would like to see, more so, I think, than the one that I think Arteta is going to pick. Certainly, I think that may change when I get to the front line. Um, as far as my center back pairing, uh, David Luiz is still out, and I love Gabriel. I'm glad we have him. He's our left center half of the future. But this year, I think we have a big enough sample size to see that Pablo Mari and Rob Holding work much better together than Holding and Gabrielle. So since we know Holding will be in with David Luiz's injury, I think Mari partnering him makes the most sense. And that's actually the pairing I'd like to see uh, in the first leg against Villarreal. So I'd like to see them get a game beforehand to build up. Uh, at the left-back position with Tierney out, Jacques is not a permanent solution to any problem over there, but there's no question he's played really well in the times he's filled in recently. And I have no reason based on that to, to not put him in that spot. I think 
he gives us more than some of the other options we have there when KT's out. Uh, so I'm happy to get him in there. Uh, the midfield pivot, Party and Ceballos, uh, again, of recent, they, they've played pretty well together. Ceballos is a, always a little bit of a wild card. He has games where you watch him and think, man, we've got to get this guy on a permanent. And then three days later, he plays. And you think, how did this guy ever get signed by Real Madrid? So <laughs> it, it's a bit of a coin toss always with him. Uh, if it's Arsenal player, then. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's in the right place. Yeah, And uh, the one thing I will say, I think having such a high-quality player like Thomas Party in there next to him makes me feel more confident uh, giving him a start in that spot. Uh, in the attack, you know, we're obviously thin at the striker position with Alba and Laka out, but we do still have a lot of good options. I think with Odegaard out as well, Smith Rowe for sure will be in at the 10. Uh, Saka and Pepe, uh, I think those two are our best wide players currently. Um, I would probably put Saka on the right and Pepe left just because I think that's worked well in the past. And then, <laughs> uh, oh no, you're good. <laughs> and then uh, I know we've talked recently and Zamir in the chat will point this out that Eddie and Keddy is going to get a start on, uh, on Friday. And I think he's likely to lead the line, but I-, I love Martinelli. I think he's more a player for the future, especially considering if Balogun signs a new contract, you have to assume that Eddie's not going to be with this next season. So I'd love to see Martinelli get a start and just get more minutes under his belt because He's played decently of late, and I'd like to see him try and get a little bit of a rhythm. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, I've got an interesting question for Pablo from the chat box uh, that links to your lineup. Uh, Simply Nathan says, uh, do you think that Pepe, or he says Pete, but he does correct himself later <laughs> on, which I found quite funny. Do you think that Pete can be a focal point <laughs> up top, particularly with the current injury list? Yeah, I mean, to be honest with you, he's probably the deadliest player we've got in front of goal as well. Um, you look at his conversion rate, it's probably higher than most of the players we got. Um, and with his pace, and the only thing that worries me about any of them, whether it's Martinelli or Pepe playing up front, uh, or even Eddie and Ketia, is the hold-up play that Lacazette brings to the squad. None of them have got it. Um, so we're kind of going to have to sort of play a different way, a completely different way to when um, Lacazette is on the team. But yeah, I think I think Pepe can do the job and giving him a chance within within the box, and I think you'll bury it. It's probably one of the best players we've got at doing that at the moment. Talk us through the rest of your team then, mate. Cool. I've gone with Ryan and Goal. I thought he had a good performance against Fulham. Um, Leno's still my number one, I think, but he's been going for a bit of a rocky sort of patch of the season. So I'll stick with Leno. To me, every game matters. I know people say the Premier League don't matter. To me, every game matters. So I'd want to win it. Um, Chambers keeps the spot. I think he's been absolutely brilliant. Holding a marry is our best fit um, centre-back pairing because obviously I think um, Gabriel plays well with Louise, but Louise is injured. Saka, uh, Shaka, sorry, <laughs> on the left back. Um, he's actually done pretty well. He's actually done pretty well. I think against this is going to be a real test for him now um, because the, te- the teams that he has played as a left back, he hasn't been tested like he'll probably get tested on Friday, that's for sure. So we'll see what happens there. Um, Partey, obviously, he starts every time. Um, so Bilas, the option is either him or Nene. To me, I think he's had a good couple of games, especially alongside Partey, so keep him on there. Um, and then, obviously, the attacking four, I think pretty much most people go with them attacking four, but they just may switch them around like me and Jared has just done. 
Yeah, and and me as well, because uh, <laughs> I've just swapped over Pepe and Martinelli <laughs> from your uh, lineup as well. Um, it's I think all of us have gone for basically the same team. The only change for me is is Ryan from Jared's, and I think other than that, it's it's, it's spot on from from Jared's. And the only change I've made from yours is swapping Martinelli and Pepe. So it shows you kind of like there is with these injuries that we've got, there is little kind of change that we can do. I feel that with David Luiz out, I agree with both of you wholeheartedly. Without David Luiz, Gabriel just doesn't seem as comfortable. That communication between the, those two between being able to speak in Portuguese to one another and be like kind of coaxed through it, I suppose, for Gabriel, whilst he still acclimatises to the league and the country and the situation, and he just doesn't seem to really work that well with holding. I also think that Marie and Xhaka actually work really well. We saw from the open mic session uh, against Sheffield United that Xhaka was a focus of. Him and Marie were communicating exceptionally well throughout the game as well. So I think those two work really well together. Um, the, the biggest question about the lineups is the fitness of Erdogan. We haven't really heard kind of legitimately whether or not he's in or out. They're saying they're assessing him ahead of this. He is back in training. If he is fit, I would be inclined to start him with a Millsmith row to give us that fluidity in the forward line. Then you have to question which one of Saka and Pepe do you play. I would arguably, if Erdogan was available, move Emil Smith-Rowe to the left-hand side, move Saka into a left-back position and put Pepe on the right-hand side. And we know that Pepe's struggled there, but there was a couple of games where Pepe really, really played exceptionally well on the right in the last few weeks or so when he was played there. So he can play that position. We know he can. That's where he played for Lille. But on the left, he has also looked exceptionally good. And that's why in this naturally team here, I've, I've got him playing on the left. Chambers, I've been great, greatly, greatly impressed with. And I think that Chambers has arguably been one of the standout players the second half of the season since he's he's returned from this injury, especially since the West Ham game. He has been really good. And, and he's really putting himself in line for a, a new contract, arguably, as well. So I know a lot of people would like to see move on from him. But if you've got decisions to make and you know you're going to upgrade on that position and Bellerin's probably going to go, to have Chambers is a versatile option that can play as right back or right sided centre back I think is a really good option for us to keep in mind he also allows us to switch to a back three and can play on the right hand side of a back three pairing of three centre backs so I think it's going to be really intriguing the biggest question in the front line I think is whether or not Arteta gives Willian a bit of a run or not I know a lot of Arsenal fans won't want to see that necessarily but I think he's someone that we could see maybe given a few minutes and a run out in this game, possibly. I'm still not expecting. I mean, the biggest question, though, Jared, for some is, is where's Balogun? You know, we still haven't seen the announcement of him actually signing, although there's reports of it's done. I think there's a chance he'll make the squad. I don't expect him to see any sort of game time. I think between Martinelli and, and Kedia, they're still ahead of him on the pecking order, and those are going to be the guys who play in that spot, barring injury or something unforeseen. But I do hope he makes the squad. I think it'd probably improve his morale just to be included in the first team and on the bench for a Premier League game. And I think tomorrow may be the day, just his luck that Laka and uh, Obama are both still out. And Pablo, final question before we move on to predictions uh, about this game against Everton is... How important is it to you? I mean, the league is obviously something that we are looking at as secondary now to the Europa League. Do you think that there's an argument to rotate a few players ahead of Thursday's crucial match with Villarreal? Or do you want to see a similar lineup given the chance to build up momentum ahead of that fixture? Uh, I'm on the build-up momentum train because um, I think personally we're not in that luxurious position where we can rotate players and be like, okay, we rest our best players for the most important games because at the moment our best players ain't performing. 
um, our second choice players just ain't performing. <laughs> so, uh, you know, for me, it's building up momentum. Unfortunately, we're playing Everton. Um, like I say, I don't, I don't have high hopes for this game. So, yeah, I'll, I'll go with the strongest team, try and win the game. We managed to beat Everton. That puts us in a better position in the league points-wise and hopefully in a better position for Thursday. Let's move on to the final part then and do predictions whilst the guys are contemplating theirs. Make sure you're getting yours in the chat box and we will read some of yours out. And if you would like to be in the position to, of course, be where Jared and Pablo are right now, just join up as an expert member and you can have your chance to be on the show as well, in addition to getting lots of cool stuff like access to the Discord server and exclusive stuff in the chat box. Two, Jared, scoreline, what are you going? I'm going with you first because I, I just need some positivity before we get to, you know, th this this guy. <laughs> That's fair enough. Uh, I actually am going to be positive. I think we've got a good enough team and have been in good enough form to get a win. You know, I think, was it Confucius that said life's really simple? We just insist on making it complicated. They might as well <laughs> engrave that on the outside of the Emirates because that that's us to a T. But I am expecting a good performance. Uh, I'm going to take a 2-1 Arsenal win and I'm going to take uh, Pepe and Saka as our goal scorers. Fair enough. Javier says 2-0 Everton. He's, he's falling on the same lines as Pablo. Simply says 1-1. Good old Pete with the goal. Uh, Dave says 1-1. Omar says 2-1 to the Arsenal. O'Malley says 1-1. Pablo, go on then. Hit me with it. What are you going for? I'm going 3-0 Everton. Oh, Jesus <laughs> Christ. I thought it was going to be like a 1-0. This, this, wow. this is what this team has done to me. This is what they've done to me. <laughs> Oh, you can tell why he's not going to watch the game and he's just going up for the protest. That's a... <laughs> Jesus, 3 0. Uh, let's see if anyone in the chat box has matched that level of uh, what's the right word. We'll just go with negativity. Uh, Tom says, uh, I'm hoping for a 2 1 Arsenal, hoping being the key word. Noah says 4 2. I'm hoping that's in Arsenal's favour. Yoni Max says 3 1. Uh, Femi says 2 1 Arsenal. Um, yeah, they're. <laughs> All of the reactions to Pablo's prediction there is uh, is not the best in terms of positivity. Do you know what channel you're on, Pablo? You know what you're doing, son? Uh, Jay Kirkin says it's going to be 3-1 to the Arsenal, but Zamir is with Pablo on this one, uh, which is interesting. JD Davidson says 3-1. Uh, Shumoy says 5-2. Um, and that concludes today's show. Just before the fans forum kicks off at half four, I'm sure you'll be able to keep track of this with lots of people on social media. There is no live uh, access to this. It is just the fans uh, that are obviously that signed up and that do go to these, including the AST, etc. So make sure you're following the relevant Twitter accounts and you'll be able to keep up with that. I'm sure a little bit later on, we'll be able to do some shows reacting to some of the stuff that went on. I might be able to jump in with some of the members as well. We'll see if we can get more people to talk about it a little later. Um, so make sure you drop a like on the video and subscribe for all of that content coming up. We'll be live straight after the game, of course, tomorrow. Uh, doing the usual raw reaction stuff. A massive thank you to my guest. Jared, first of all, really appreciate you coming on, mate. I, I don't know what's going on with you. It looks much darker. Have you, have you closed the window? <laughs> the lighting <laughs> is the chair. I don't know what happened. I've got some lighting <laughs> to work out. We're still under construction here. But uh, thanks, as always, for having me on. Always a pleasure to jump on with you, Pablo, as well. Always look forward to chatting with you guys. And everybody out there, you can find me on Twitter. Right down there at Chicago Gooner. It's at JC underscore AFC. And make sure you do, because it is a fantastic follow. I really enjoyed uh, the image you put up the other day uh, of your, was it your friend who then your other half replied to with the Tottenham's? Yeah, <laughs> it, was, it was great. great. Um, photo of, of 
a good friend of mine, good friend of ours as a couple. Um, he unfortunately is a lifelong Spurs fan, and they sent us. They always send us pictures of him and his little new baby wearing matching stuff. And my girlfriend had an absolutely classic response to it. You can see the photo on my Twitter. Yeah, go and check it out. Don't 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 tell them what it is. You have to leave that teasing, so they have to go and find your account first. Um, now, all we've got to say about that is we feel sorry for that very young child that is going to grow up with a, a lifetime of disappointment, effectively. Absolutely. <laughs> Uh, and Pablo, a massive thank you to you, mate. I hope you enjoy tomorrow. Please, I mean, if you can, take some clips and pictures and send them through to the Discord, and uh, and maybe we can get uh, we can see what's going on. Yeah, we'll do. We'll do. It's my first protest, so protest virgin. So let's go. Let's see what <laughs> let's see what it brings. <laughs> that protest cherry tomorrow. I tell you. Um, really appreciate your time, guys, uh, as always. And Chatbox, as always, you've been absolutely fantastic. We really appreciate it. And uh, we will see you again very, very soon. And uh, as always, up the Arsenal. It's the 90-plus minute. All your mates around, and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go, and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dipping, and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your McDelivery. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.